Welcome to Speak of the Devil. My name is Reverend Campbell, and I've got a hell of a show for you this week. We're going to be joined by none other than Magister Frost himself. So let's uh, cut right to it. How are you, my friend? It's great to see you. I'm just fine. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And I do mean that because back in the day when I started doing all this stuff uh, with uh, Nine Cents Podcast in like 2011, you know, circa around that time, I tried to get a hold of you and to have you come on. Just couldn't do it. So I'm very, very pleased that this ended up happening and we're able to talk about some of your new achievements and some of your past achievements. Uh, I think it's uh, inspirational to a lot of people who work online and in online Satanist spaces and uh, we're going to get into all of that. But before we do, let me do a quick shout out to everyone joining us in the live chat. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate your attention. I appreciate you coming in and chatting. If you have any questions or comments throughout the course of the discussion, just go ahead and put them up in there and chat. And uh, we'll try our best to address all of them that are reasonable. I mean, reasonable, you know, no boxer or brief type questions. All right. <laughs> to be clear, there's nothing on down there. That's why I keep it from here up. No, uh, Wes, thank you so much for joining us, man. Lauren, it's great to see you, my dear. Gregory, thanks for joining us. Warlock Auto, good to see you. Dallas, my man. Valeria, Stephanie, how are you, my dear? Joe, it's been a long time. Haven't seen you in a while. Vic, great to see you. Oma, Jeremy, good to see you, man. And anyone else coming in after the fact, again, thank you guys so much. All right, let's get into it because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about and we don't have a lot of time to get to it, but we're going to go at whatever pace we have to because there's a lot that there's a lot that we don't know <laughs> let me put it that way about you i think more people know about you than they know uh more people know of you than they know about you so can you give us a, a little rundown like when did when were you first exposed to satanism uh, you know how how did that come about in your life well we go back to that far i was 12 years old and Sweet. at that time I started to, I guess, being raised in a Lutheran family, I started to question um, the religious practices that they had and forced to go to Sunday school and church and all that. So, you know, long story short, I branched out and started researching other religions um, because I came to the understanding that if there isn't one religion um, then there isn't one way. Mm. Uh, so I started looking into, you know, Buddhism, um, Wicca. I read, bought tons of books. The closest religion I ended up with that appealed to my way of thinking was Taoism. Right. Uh, I really enjoyed the philosophy that they had, but it didn't quite click. Uh, completely for me. So I was browsing in, I want to say it was a B. Dalton at the time, because uh, this was, oh my God, so many years ago. Um, and I saw in the metaphysical religion area, uh, the Satanic Bible. And I went, okay, curious. My interest has peaked. <laughs> so I picked it up and I took it home and I read it page to page in one night or from cover to cover. Mm -hmm. And I, it clicked in my brain. It didn't click in my brain that it taught me a new way or I was enlightened by anything. I looked at it and went, 
oh my god this is how i think this is how i feel this is what i want and that's what really i guess brought me into the fold was the fact that it wasn't teaching me anything or forcing me to be something it was me Mm -hmm. and i'm like wow there's other people out there that think like i do and that got me to research more so i picked up uh more books and it ended up with picking up the satanic witch in the orange cover edition yeah and it had the address for the church of satan in the back of it uh because i spent oh probably close to a year trying to find out how to contact this place had to be a church, right? I mean, I'm yeah. a 13 kid. It got to be this grandiosious, you know, cathedral with gargoyles and it would just be rain and thunder and Adam's family type. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hunting for this thing. And every single church that we drive through or whatever, if the cross is just slightly almost like an inverted cross, I'm like, I got to find Because that might be it. <laughs> But I actually found out from um, my mother's friends at the time that it was located in San Francisco. Hmm. So I went, ooh, okay, all right, that's more information than I've had. Um, So I started going through phone books for San Francisco um, and never actually found anything. So it was (laughs) Pictures Botanic Witch gave me the address, and that's where I first contacted them. Um, so no. at 13, what, what, would, what was the response that you were expecting to have? And did it live up to that expectation? Did you get a response, I guess? Well, yeah. When I first contacted him, when I, I, was, I was about 15, 16 when I actually sent the letter. Hmm. Uh, and um, it was a very long-winded <laughs> letter of, you know, oh, my God, I can't believe you people exist. I'm so happy. Because one of my biggest problems was, is as a child um, or a teenager growing up, you have friends in you know, school and things like that, and you, you notice that they don't think like you. They don't, they, you know, it, it's it's something about that like-minded mentality, and you try to seek out those like-minded people hmm. because the people around you do not satisfy you in the same way. So no one had the same thoughts and philosophies that I had. So it was very difficult to have discussions about that thing. So um, so finding a like-minded group, uh, I became, you know, it was like a, what, two-page handwritten letter <laughs> about how awesome and happy. So, uh, and then they sent me back just the packets of information that you would normally get. Hmm. Uh, which had uh, how you join the organization, and I believe, if I remember correctly, advertisements for uh, the magazine and the newsletter. I don't remember actually. Hmm. It was like or something. Yeah. something. I don't remember something. Uh, but we were talking before the show a little bit, and you were <laughs> you were telling me how uh, there was like different colored stationery that you would get at different times of interacting with them, right? Yes, yes. It, it came on different colored and almost pastel colored uh, pieces of paper, you know, laser printed for the most part. Yeah. Uh, 
So it, it was very, it was interesting to first open up that it was a thick envelope and you'd open that up and you'd see color, which is really strange because you're thinking, oh, you know, dark and scary people. Yeah. So you open this trifolded packet and you start paging through it and you're noticing it's different colored pieces of paper and you're like, Wow. It clicks and it catches your eye and it makes you want to, it was very, very uh, marketing wise. Correct. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, how long until you had decided to actually join the organization um, from that first interaction? And, and was it something that you were immediately just like, no, I, 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 I want to be associated with this uh, for some reason, or, or did it take a while? Oh, no, it was within the first, it had to have been within the first year that I first contacted them. I know I contacted them, got the packet of information, waited for a period of time, because again, I'm 15, 16 years old. Mm -hmm. Then I believe I misplaced it. So I wrote them again, stating I believe I misplaced it and I would like another packet. Um, and I believe over the course of the years, I think I may have like four of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we were joking earlier about collecting the whole set and getting every colored pieces of paper. The paper, you gotta have them all, like Pokemon. Like uh, after the second set, I had already, you know, since being a teenager, you're working, blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, I had the money joined, you know, sent it in and joined, didn't even realize that you're supposed to be 18. Hmm. So <laughs> uh, I was just excited because I found this group of like-minded people. I found this group of what I've been searching for. And as a teenager, a lot of people, a lot of kids wouldn't, I guess, dedicate or work so hard towards that. Hmm. But trying to find the address and everything. I was really on a mission. <laughs> I really wanted to find people like me because yeah. everyone I'd ever talked to in Minnesota, which is where I was from, um, had no clue. Their philosophies were all, you know, some Christian based, this or that, or, you know, they were, you know, Wiccan based and we all know how that is. Uh, so I needed other Satanists. Yeah. And so it, it gave me a name for my belief structure. And I needed to contact these people. I needed to talk to them. I needed to fulfill this dream that I had of finding like-minded people. Hmm. So what were your expectations met? Um, once you uh, fulfill your packet and you send it in and, and you're old enough and they, they send back your membership packet... Um, how, how did you feel? Like, did, did you feel like you had achieved what you were seeking to achieve? For the most part, uh, when, you know, when you received your, your packet back, you received your membership card and you received the active membership, uh, questionnaire. And that was exciting because that was, okay, now we're getting deeper into this. Um, but the only thing that ended up lacking, and again, this is way before the internet. This is way, I mean, this is, you know, payphone era. <laughs> uh, 
you how you contact other you know it's how there's no church in my area you know like a christian organization where they have a church on every corner yeah i'm supposed to find these people how that so after sending in my you know active member application that had to be handwritten on like 37 pieces of paper because there was a lot of questions um you you're stuck with well what now what happens now and being such a young kid at the time i did not come to the realization that it's you know what you make of it hmm. the organization's what you put into it so you know, I'm like, well, do I get like, you know, a phone list of addresses that I can like contact people? Do we have like ponies uh, every weekend? You know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there wasn't so as a kid, it was slightly disappointing mm -hmm. just because there wasn't anything more. But as I progressed and as, you know, technology advanced and things happened, I came to the realization that it was what you put into it. What I did is what made the difference. Mm -hmm. So if to find more like-minded people, I needed to put in the work. So I started contacting people. You know, I started finding addresses to, you know, specific publications that were satanic or stores that were satanic and started gathering more information and compiling all that information up myself so then I could figure out how to reach more people and contact these like-minded people that I was so desperately looking for in order to satisfy my needs. Right. So, you know, how an adult would see that at the same period of time, you know, I, I couldn't tell you hmm. but because I started so young. I have a slightly different perspective on it because you still have that teenage mentality of, instant gratification and all that yeah. well that's what i think is so interesting because i though the the outcome of that uh passion you had to connect with people is something that you know we are all collectively aware of and we're going to get into um but that expression of of needing to find at least one other person who thinks like you to let you know that you are not truly this isolated alien on this rock is not a foreign idea and i think it's what a lot of people find i i think it's interesting that um you had mentioned that you were you know slightly dis uh uh not i don't know dissatisfied but just you were let down just a little bit because of your own expectation of what this organization actually was versus the reality of it. Because that's, that's like everyone, <laughs> like every, I think every Satanist comes into this thing and they have that same, and you, I think it's, I think it's changed a little bit with social media and certainly no, yeah. with products that you've put out there because they get that experience right off the bat. And I, I think maybe it's a little hard for modern, um, you know, Satanists coming into Satanism nowadays or, you know, post Y2K who don't understand what it was really like back in the day, the vacuum of others that really existed. And so they take for granted, I think, in a lot of times um, how special it is to actually find another human being that has any idea about what you think or feel on this sort of 
base carnal level, but then also could express it through a, the similar exact same religion. But that shit doesn't happen. So nowadays it happens all the time because we have, you know, everything is connected, even your damn toaster. But back in the day, there was nothing there. So let me ask you about that because there certainly was this catalyst of your desire to put something into Satanism, as you were saying, um, to connect with others. And we see how that manifested, but what was that experience like for you from that desire? What, what was that spark from the desire to say, you know, what, I'm going to start writing code or I'm going to start a, a BBS. What was that like? It, it was exactly that. It was, I came to the understanding that if it's this hard for me to find what I'm looking for, it's definitely this hard for everyone else. Mm. So my plan in that instance was, is I'm just going to make it easier. So I have the ability, the technology is there to mm. call it that. Um, I'm going to try and make it easier for people to find things because it is very, very difficult. I mean, even just to find the books or to find the, the stores or the magazines or anything. And I mean, again, that's where this whole shopping thing eventually makes its way. Mm. Uh, it, it was, I mean, years and years of searching. And it, as you said, in a lot of cases, unfortunately, I'm to blame <laughs> for making people not, I guess, appreciate the fact that they can. <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> my fault. Uh, yeah, I mean, granted, you know, as doctors always said, if you don't do it, somebody else will come up and will. But uh, it was going to happen no matter what. But since I'm the one who did it, I, it's my fault. Um, I went with the fact of, well, I'm just going to make it easier for people so they don't have to spend all this years and years and years researching stuff, which the more I look back on it, you know, that's actually the better way to do it because it gives you the more appreciation for when you do find things um, instead of having things handed to you on a silver platter per se. But again, in this case here, it's going to happen. So I might as well do it so it can be done correctly as far as, you know, I'm concerned mm -hmm. as opposed to somebody else doing it and not doing it as well. Um, or doing it in a completely wrong fashion, which then screws up everything. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was, oh, my God, I need to find a way to let people know. So I started an online VBS with four phone lines running into my basement in Minnesota. <laughs> so for the sake of people who, who probably don't know, can you let them know what, what is a bulletin board system? What is a BBS? Well, back then it was, you had a, a card plugged in when I first, like when I was 13, I first built my first computer, which was an X80 or an 8086. Wow. Um, from first I got it a swap meet. Uh, it took me three months to get it to boot because I had new manuals. Uh, this is my, my online world to tech. So, I mean, this is what made me love computers. Yeah. Uh, so I built this machine. Um, at the time, uh, Slackware Linux 1.0 came out. It was 20 eight colored floppy disks that all had to be installed in certain order of color. So you had, you know, blue one through blue four, red one through red seven, and you had to pop them in and out in different sequences to install the operating system. 
But that version of Linux allowed you to run a, a bulletin board system. So you plug in a, a four-part modem into there, you connect four phone lines to it, and it, each one has a different phone number, and people dial into it in these wonderful, you know, 300 baud, 400 baud, 30, you know, 800 baud, 14.4 modems, as technology grew up, uh, 56K modem. Yeah. They would dial in under these four numbers, and then those four people could interact on this ASCII color, you know, which was little symbols and stuff that made graphics. Um, and they could either talk to each other if all four were on at the same time, or they could leave messages. So then other, you know, you could have people calling in at different times, and they could all leave each other messages. It was very, it was a very small internet, basically yeah. what it was. Um, so that's where it all started is this was, you know, a satanic bulletin board system called Satan's Playground. That's what I started it as um, because I encompassed back then the world was Satan's Playground. <laughs> nice. That's where Satan's Playground came from. Yeah. Uh, so then once the Internet came in, um, I had hacked my first uh, University of Minnesota account because <laughs> the internet was only available to governments and universities at the time. So by getting that, since I had not gone to college, um, by getting that account, I was able then to connect the bulletin board system to the internet. So that oh, shit. Came into the bulletin board system. So I had more users at that time. Yeah. Uh, but then as, and that was before the World Wide web existed, even we were still using, uh, you know, news groups like alt.satanism and mm -hmm. all those fun areas. Uh, but then the World Wide Web came into effect. And that's where I was there the minute the first page turned on. And I watched that system progress very quickly to where Yahoo was a search engine that was literally just a list of other addresses. Yeah. And you scroll through the one page. It wasn't even a, you know, like <laughs> search engine. It was just a literal list of stuff. That's how it started out. Uh, so I went, you know, that system makes my BBF completely obsolete. So I shut that down and I built my first website. And that is where Satan's Playground started out as mm -hmm. a website. And that became a satanic informational page, uh, not necessarily communications or for people to be connected together. It was just, this is what Satanism is. Yeah, I think I've got, and uh, that's not the right photo. So <laughs> let me see if I can uh, pause this slideshow and uh, get it back to the beginning. Because there's a bunch of different, oh, there we go. No, that's not right. There was um, a 1996 one that I have here. Um, Gosh, is this? That's not it. It's before that. Well, anyway, um, point being that you have had so many variations from that very beginning BBS to your very first um, Satan's Playground website. Um, I could have swore I grabbed one of those, but I must not have. Um, at, at what point did it turn from informational to interactive? Like, when did you yeah. think... It, it started to turn more interactive when 
there was more information available. Uh, other sites started popping up. Um, other people were posting informational information or sites, and I wanted to take it a step further. Mm-hmm. So it, it it started out as a whatever slash some username. Uh, I believe it was like B-A-A-L-A-C-K, which was my old Dungeons and Dragons name, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, still a teenager at this time. That's awesome. Um, so domains became available. Uh, you could purchase your own .com, and that was a huge thing. But they were, I mean, now you can get them for, you know, $2 a month, whatever, blah, blah. Back then it was, I paid for Satanet. It was, I think, $120. Jeez. To get Satan net. Uh, so I was like, you know, it was a big thing. And mm-hmm. now that I think about it, you know, I, I really wish I'd picked up a ton more, but <laughs> make some money. Up more. Yeah. I registered satanet.com and I put it, you know, on a server. At the time, I had also, I was working part time at night for uh, a global ISP. So he was an internet service provider, but he was also my friend. So I was able to host my domain for free uh, since I worked there, and I had full usage of all the resources. So that's where you know Satanet became you know the the one stop shop for all satanic information, and it stayed that way for a period of time until. I felt that there was so many other sites out there that were doing satanic information mm-hmm. that it became bored and it wasn't providing the resource that I wanted it to provide. And it, it honestly wasn't doing what I originally intended, which was bringing people together, right? find each other. It, it, Cause literally you went to the page, you found out information and you contacted me. Mm-hmm. You didn't contact anybody else. So that's where, as technology progressed, there was, you know, message board systems, chat rooms, uh, just tons of different ways to start communicating with people. And that's what Satan had evolved into was more of a communications platform instead of an information platform. Mm-hmm. Especially once the Church of Satan finally got its own website, um, which was still, I mean, many years later, but... yeah. There was no more need for Satanet to be informational. I mean, technically, there was no need for anything to be informational anymore because you had the source right there. Mm-hmm. And I discussed this with Doctor when when I went and visited him. We looked at you know Satanet on his Macintosh, and I even fixed the Macintosh so it displayed the page properly. <laughs> <laughs> looked at it, I went, "Yeah, that's not supposed to look." <laughs> pink and I mean there were just colors on there that I'm like wow I can't believe you that's terrible it was like a misconfigured graphics card or something no it was it was their version of they had used AOL at the time Uh, so in order to get to the internet so I had to upgrade um, the browser that was on the AOL thing right and once that was done and upgraded the page showed properly and went this is the way it's supposed to be Mm. And well, it was much better. I was much happier. Can we put a pin in the story thus far? Because I don't want to gloss over your initial exposure or your first uh, meeting of the doctor. Because ultimately, from when you were a young teenager, you have been 
arguably obsessed with this religion and connecting with others, now you're actually meeting the founder and high priest of the religion. What was that like for you? Oh, um, that was that was a evening that could not really be compared to anything else. It was amazing. Uh, again, there's so much more backstory to the whole nine yards of this, but uh, as I progressed in the organization, and I mean, back then, again, this is my first interview in 22 years. <laughs> And, but before that, I had actually been doing a lot of interviews on radio and um, TV, things like that. So I had sent copies of these interviews. Um, you know, again, we were on Alt.Satanism. I had met HP Nadramia at the time, um, since she was the online liaison for that area. Um, you know, we became friends, talking, uh, things happened, progressed, and then all of a sudden, one day, I receive a letter in the mail, and I was offered a priesthood. And I was, I want to say, 22, mm -hmm. maybe, 20, 21, 22, somewhere in that area. Um, so that was huge. I mean, oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> Just shortly after that, like literally within months, I was offered to come to the Black House. And I was, <laughs> oh, the excitement on my face. It's amazing. Uh, so I instantly booked a trip. I, I knew people out in San Francisco. So I, you know, I had being, you know, a 22-year-old kid for the most part, um, who had never left Minnesota for the most part, um, I knew friends so I could stay with them. Uh, they knew their way around San Francisco. Uh, so it was easier to find things, easier to get organized. And, you know, I went out there and the, the first, you know, evening I'm standing literally in front of the black house and it's dark and it's an iron gate. Can't actually get to the house. You see one light in the bay window. And that's the only thing you can see, although that's all black. <laughs> and you ring the, the bell and they let you in and you enter the house. It's a hallway, completely black. I actually ran into a box, I believe. It's <laughs> quite embarrassing. <laughs> uh, we went into the, the parlor living room. Um, and that's where I first met Blanche. Um, and we talked for a while and then Dr. King came in. And that, I mean, just to see him in the flesh after communicating with so many people and, you know, reading the books, reading all the history I can on him, but to actually meet him, it literally, it, it's the most exciting thing that you could imagine to see him in the flesh. Yeah. Uh, just from all the stories. And, and you know, we sat down and we talked uh, for a majority of the night uh, about everything. I mean, I asked him so many questions about his life stories. I, I had printed out copies of this magazine that I was working on with uh, Magister Johnson uh, called Gotha Erotica at yeah. the time. 
brought those to him so he could see how the magazine was coming to you know, fruition. Uh, I had all of this. I mean, it was like almost like a, it was sad. It was like a fan. <laughs> I had stuff laid out because it was a coffee table. It was a nail coffee table and I had everything laid out across it. I had my little camera, a film camera. <laughs> and the entire night, the one thing I regret is I was so <laughs> I never asked to get a picture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, leaving the next day. I mean, I was there for, God, it was almost 10, 12 hours. Damn. But to leave the next day and, you know, it's, it's sun's just starting to come up and um, I had to go find a payphone to call my ride because my friends were waiting for me. I didn't think I was actually honestly going to be there that long. I figured he'd be like, hi, bye. And, you know, but it was such an amazing evening that I completely forgot. To get a <laughs> it's the one thing that I, I can honestly say I regret because I would have loved to have that uh, yeah. that memory. Well, you know, it, was, it was an amazing thing, so, and, and I saved from being clawed by the cat because they, they had a cat that was notorious for climbing up the back of you. Oh, really? <laughs> Over the computer, and I'm fixing stuff. And doctor's sitting there next to me, and he's watching what I'm doing. I had no idea that this cat was sitting behind me, and he was staring right up my back. <laughs> like, That's a good back. <laughs> and all I see is Dr. Hand just right behind me, and he's got a hold of this cat. In mid-leap. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Death by cat <laughs> from the back. Um I uh, I often, whenever I run across someone who has uh, interacted with the doctor, I always ask him, and I asked um, the high priest and the high priestesses as well. Um, and it seems like the answer is clear, but I maybe it'll spur some other thoughts. Did he live up to all of your expectations? I mean, it's easy to, to reflect on what the doctor has done, who he is through what we've read about him or the stories that we've heard. But to your point, meeting him in the flesh, that's why people say don't meet your heroes because often they disappoint. Clearly it didn't sound like he disappointed, but did it live up to the expectation that you had as a young man? Oh, no, it far blew out my expectations. Um, you know, had the evening been half as interesting and entertaining as it was, uh, I would have been for joy, but to actually sit down, watch his body language, his demeanor, uh, see the environment he lived in, uh, see how he interacted with other people that were in the house. Um, even cause Xerxes was, uh, he was, I believe three, about three at the time, mm -hmm. uh, there also. And to watch him interact with Xerxes, um, was, I mean, magical. Um, and I had sent them uh, videos of, you know, like my favorite, you know, Disney-based stuff or whatever was mm -hmm. Winnie the Pooh. And, and if you really look at the philosophy of Winnie the Pooh, it actually, it, it, it coincides with a lot of what we believe in or uh, how we live. So I, I'd send them videos of uh, video VHS tapes, you know, those weird things that don't exist anymore. Uh, and he would 
showed them to Xerxes and Xerxes would watch them. And I would get correspondence back about how heartfully Xerxes would laugh while watching these and how much Xerxes enjoyed the, the videos that I sent. Mm-hmm. And just to see that in real life, other than just a written piece of paper, was it was magical. It was amazing uh, to be brought through the black house and to see each different environment that the man truly lived as he spoke, mm-hmm. uh, you know, truly believed the things he said. He, he When I first met him, he walked in in a suit and tie. He unbuttoned his suit coat and you could see the gun that was hanging underneath his suit coat, yeah. which... You know, as a 22-year-old, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, what house did I just enter? <laughs> Am I going to be okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, the crap that, you know, he's been through in his life, you know, with people picketing the houses, bothering his family mm-hmm. just because of religious beliefs, that, that is a, a normal thing. There, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, you know, it, it's protection of yourself, your family. So just... You know, after thinking about it for a while to make it click, you know, that added to the the persona that he displayed, hmm. you know, even you know, and the gangster stuff, you know, that he, you know, liked to portray when he was younger. I mean, it fit it fit his character perfectly. I mean, he even when we went into the kitchen, you know, he took the gun out, set it on top of the computer <laughs> while working there. And I'm just like, you know, I had never been around guns. And I'm like, wow, that, that's actually pretty cool and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, it made the interest, you know, the evening interesting. Yeah, you know? and you'd read all the stories, so you know, you, you'd hear the stories of Doctor having the the hole in the bathroom uh, wall, so he could, you know, he you know had fetishes and things like that. Um, so I had attempted to actually try and find this. You, you really try and find all these stories that you hear there. <laughs> Look for all the hidden doors and stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so if we can um, step forward, because you were mentioning that you were working on this computer, you got your website to display correctly. It seems like a no-brainer that he would have asked you to build the first Church of Satan website. Did that ever come up? It it really didn't. I mean, at the time, I mean, it... The technology really wasn't there, and I don't think he was really, you know, he was interested in the technology. I just don't think he was necessarily interested in using the technology. And if you look at it, I mean, myself and other people had already been using the technology to do it. So it more than likely was not a priority at the time. Um, You know, it eventually became fruition, uh, you know, H.P. Gilmore definitely spearheaded that yeah um but you know what his thoughts were on that aspect of it i didn't i could not tell you i just know that you know as we were going through my site and everything he was extremely interested in it he was extremely interested in how it functioned you know so he he understood the technology and the benefits of the technology Mm -hmm. Uh, but why you know the cos site took so long to happen i don't exactly know that yeah well, um, like you were mentioning earlier, as soon as it did come to be, you realized that the, the one, the, the purpose of your site wasn't being met, 
uh, and two, there's no reason to have a purely informational site when the source exists. And so you did pivot into more of a communication-based. Um, I think my first interaction with your websites was through the chat room chat box function. Um, and that, because I was stationed in Germany, or I'm sorry, I was stationed in Fort Knox at the time, soon to be heading out to Germany. And so it was when I first joined the organization and just having that platform there where I didn't like get to know anyone, but it was really great to be able to just to jump on for a couple minutes. And of course, you know, it was all modem based. And so you had those wonderful AOL connection sounds. <laughs> so there was anticipation to it. It took time. You hoped your connection didn't die. You hope no one needed to use the phone <laughs> so you could actually stay on for a couple minutes. And that's, that was my exposure, which which was wonderful. Just knowing that there were someone like you able to build that platform that others like us could connect on is, I mean, it, like you said already, if you didn't do it, somebody else would. But still, would they have done it as good? You know, would they have been able to maintain the standard? What do you think are some of the lessons that you learned through those early versions of your platform um, that helped you later on? Like, uh, you know, just with the chat room, for example, because coming from alt uh, Satanism or your BB uh, uh, S, certainly you, you must have recognized pitfalls and, and tried to hedge them off or, you know, was moderation an issue? Like, how did, how, how did you manage that? Well, the number one thing I'd take away from, from the chat room was don't do it. <laughs> uh, the chat room probably was the worst idea <laughs> there were fights um, the technology was there I'm like oh this is going to be awesome there were other chat rooms at the time not satanic per se but so I went okay well we need a satanic chat room because then we can all just start chatting right away and we can just have these grand old conversations yeah that does not happen <laughs> Put that many people from that many places in the world all together, and you might as well just start handing out knives and just watch it unfold. Yeah. Yes. So is that something? Biggest problem because you're you're allowing everyone in. Everyone mm -hmm. has a different viewpoint. Everyone has it. I mean, they're not even Satanists in a lot of cases, and they're all clamoring in there and everyone's trying to get their word in and no, my word's right. And I'm blah, blah, and just fighting and blah, blah, and ban this person, ban that. Oh my God. And I'm just, it's four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, the, the biggest thing you say in the chat room is never, ever make one. <laughs> so you learned your lesson about the chat room, but then you did evolve into more of a social um, platform, right? So you yeah. had your forum first. What was, was the next step from that letters to the devil? Yeah. The, the, the letters to the devil actually in the chat room kind of came about at the, about the same time. Okay. Um, I actually believe the letters of the devil was actually first. Mm. Um, but I wanted, you know, in this case here, I just wanted quicker communication um oh boom chat room awesome that sounds like fun yeah um, that did not last for very long that whole thing got destroyed <laughs> um, 
there's even trying to branch it out like a forum and put different rooms so you could spread people out and have them do specific topics and it never stays on topic. Mm. The forum is easier because they can post something and it's it's a tiered response system. It takes a while for things to build up and it actually is a lot more effort to reply to people and you know so your your detractor or your person who's going to give you a, a the bad post is actually going to take more time to write it out and do it. And it's easy to delete hmm. and people respond to it right away. So the, the forum was much easier to moderate. Uh, so it was more effective of a communications tool than the chat room was. And the, the chat room, I had felt that, you know, compared to like an all dot Satanism chat room that came up, and the flame wars and the fighting and the, oh my, it was a mess. Um, oh yeah. I thought I could make it better. I thought I could do it right. But that taught me that no matter what you put into it, you can't change how a person acts within it or how a person will respond to something uh, given the opportunity for that instant communication. Mm-hmm. So it was well, I couldn't control and nor did I want to. I don't really want to control the people. They should have the common sense and the common decency to not act like school children. And, you know, I mean, just because the keyboard, which we all know, everyone who's behind the keyboard, I'm big, tough guy, blah, 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 I'll say anything I want. Um, they act completely different than when you would have other person. Yeah. Um, it was the same thing when I would invite people to the conclaves that we used to host. Um, they acted completely differently than in a chat room or on a message board. You could see the the clear difference between in person and online. Mm-hmm. And so the chat room was not it wasn't functioning right, and that just got <laughs> ripped out. Oh yeah. Well, the 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 forum Letters to the Devil almost became embraced by the organization so much that you had tiered access. Um, for members. And so if if we can talk a little bit about that, because, you know, there was this blanket statement uh, out of uh, the organization saying we don't we don't support any, you know, online chat room or news group, period. Um, and yet they did, at least in part, support letters to the devil in as much as they would interact on it and, you know, have conversations and such. Um do you feel like there was any sense of responsibility that was greater knowing that you had this sort of gateway for the organization to utilize? Um, was there a weight to that over some of the other forum places that you had um, already experienced with? Not necessarily. I mean, the, you know, throughout the entire history of the organization, you know, it, it, Letters to the Devil was never officially endorsed. It was never, uh, I guess, officially, you know, brought under the blanket hole, which was, you know, it, it's how the organization wants it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it wasn't a problem. It, it's not that I wanted to run an official Church of Satan forum or anything like that. You know, the, the Letters to the Devil, you know, Satan at forum was, it, it was my layer. It, it was for my gratification of building a communications network for people so we could all discuss. It, it still led into my, I want to meet like-minded people. 
it, it provided me with exactly what I wanted. And regardless of whether it provided you or, you know, Joe Blow or, you know, whoever with what they wanted, it provided me with access to people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've always wanted. So it, it eventually evolved into, you know, what my ultimate dream as a teenager started out. Yeah. Uh, so it, it didn't give me a weight on my shoulders that I had responsibilities. The, the responsibility I had was is that the forum needed to live up to the standards of our lifestyle and our philosophy. Um, it needed to provide communication and discussions on satanic topics. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and again, anything, any type. I mean, we even had, you know, automi- automobile topics, you know, things like that. Um, it, it wasn't, I didn't feel I needed to uphold, I guess, what an official organization's forum would be. Mm. Um, needed to run it as it should be run. The reason why most of the people, you know, COS members, um, you know, hierarchy members came to there was because it filled a void. It wasn't the void that there wasn't any place to talk because there were plenty of places to talk. But it gave you a moderated place to talk where there were constant arguments or the arguments were easily settled and or removed um, before anything got out of hand. Whereas you go to Alt.Satanism or other forums that had popped up after mine. And it was flame war after flame war after. I mean, literally, I mean, hundreds of messages from people all yelling at each other and nothing was getting accomplished. Yeah. That was a void. People started to get really sick of the fact that nothing ever got accomplished. So Letters of the Devil comes in. It's a moderated area. It's, you know, got officials of the organization. You know, it's got people of like-minded interest. And we're actually having real discussions. We're actually, you know, collaborating together on projects. I mean, that spawned so many different projects. The forum alone, Hmm. you know, allowed certain people to spawn off their projects and do these things. And everybody started working together. Things were great. And it was fantastic. And it was accomplishing what it needed to accomplish. Right. You know, that's what its goal was. It's not to represent the organization. It wasn't to do this. It was to bring people together and accomplish something and allow people to talk to each other in a civilized, non-flame war manner. And and it really did do that with the help of moderation, of different moderators and yourself. Um, having that oversight, I think, is absolutely necessary. Otherwise, you do end up like every other forum that was out there at the time. Um but that was sort of the through line. So Letters of the Devil, you know, it, it, it ran, it was, it was so pervasive in online Satanism that I feel like you, other projects that you um, had started up were accents to it almost, you know, um, experiments, if you will, um, not to diminish them in any way. Um, but that's when um, the social media for a version of Satanet came about, right? Um, after LTDD had been a while. I mean, w- what was that like first creating a, a social network? Yeah, it, and it, the Letters to the Devil forum, you know, I branched off. I ran 
so many different domains. I mean, I had webmeaning.com, which was a satanic search engine for a while. Oh, wow. uh, personalsatan.com, which was, it became my own personal site where my poetry and um, artwork and things like that were displayed. So it was separate from Satanet because I, Satanet was a communications network. I needed my own display network. So personal Satan came out of that. Um, the, God, there was COS Central. Um, that I tried to bring more COS member only collaboration closer together and away from the public. So mm -hmm. COS Central only accessed by COS members. Um, there were, God, there were so many domains. There was a, <laughs> a short URL, whatever that Lipsy or right. Ipsy where like Twitter uses to shorten URL. I had one of those for the Satanists. Um, I mean, any technology you could think of, I, I had it. I had my own satanic phone. What? Internet phone. They, they actually developed a, a device and you plugged a real phone into it and it connected to the internet and you could assign every one of these phones a different phone number so you dialed you know 666 and you'd get a hold of me <laughs> through my desk through the internet and you could talk on the phone i talked to you know Madison lang all the time on this thing and it, it was because i i ran into the issue that you know i built this this company called Baphomet Communications, mm -hmm. and that was the, the branch off of a, a real communications network. So that's where these little phone devices came from. And, and I was like, I want to talk to people. I don't want to type. I want to have like phone conversations because video chat wasn't really there at the time. Right. Uh, and cell phones were still not even everyone's hands. So, I mean, I would call Canada. <laughs> and, it didn't cost you an extra penny because it's all over the internet. And we all had real phones and real phone numbers. I sent these to everyone. Wild. It was a, it was like, it was almost like having, you know, the back phone. Yeah. Well, can we talk a little bit about, um, Oh wow. We've already been going an hour. <laughs> I, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about COS Emporium. How did that come about? Uh, what was, what was that process? Um, well, again, as Satan's Playground developed, um, uh, again, before Satanet, mm -hmm. um, it, I had a, a section, just a one-page section called The Devil's Black Market. And it literally had just lists of addresses of places you could write to either get a catalog or purchase some book or some magazine or something. It, it basically brought, instead of having to look through a billion magazines or talk to this person or this person just to get one address for this new cool product or something that somebody's producing, I gave you one page that had it all. And that is basically how the COS Emporium began. Well. That eventually molded into, uh, as technology progressed, it moved into um, the Satanet Plaza. Now, when Satanet came around, um, I was getting tons of interviews. I was on, you know, TBS, Newsweek, Time Magazine, um, 
CNN. Um, I mean, Satanet became with the Satanic Panic. Uh, it became oh my god, it was a household name. Um, and I was receiving two million hits uh, a day. That's wild. Website. It was it was insane. Had I had a T-shirt to sell at that time, I'd be a billionaire. For traffic um, back in the day, two million. That's insane. Insane. I mean, I, I was, yeah, I was out doing, you know, companies. It was really sad. Yeah. Uh, but again, I was getting so much media exposure. Marilyn Manson was around at the time. So I was sharing, you know, screen time with him. I was sharing TV time with him. Um, so that, you know, helped increase everything because he was super controversial back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Satanet, I, I decided since technology advanced, I was going to start selling the products myself. Mm-hmm. Um I was going to start because in a lot of cases, I mean, to write someplace and wait for something to come back and then order, you know, there's quicker ways to do. It. So um, since uh, HP Gomorrah and HP Naramia had uh, the Black Flame, um, you know, I started commissioning, you know, to sell the Black Flame that grew into, you know, other members products. And uh, eventually that became the Satanet Plaza that, I wanted to take that one step further and make it its own entity, its own store. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where the C, uh, the CUS Emporium basically sprung out of. Because uh, I also wanted to separate it from the, the store wasn't, it's not communication. So it, it didn't really fit on Satanet. Satanet was communication. Mm-hmm. So it become its own entity. Uh, and again, that's where personal Satan, I mean, everything started to branch off in its own name. Right. Um, when you have too many projects, this can't be a big <laughs> And I had way too many projects. Yeah. Uh, so the CEO's Porium became, we started producing, you know, I started producing my own stuff uh, because you couldn't find this stuff. And, and I was just like, I-, I want this thing and I know other people want. And from my interactions with other members of the organization, I'm looking for this. I would love if this was available or blah, blah, blah. Well, I had the means to make it available. So I did. So it started out very small and it grew. Yeah. And, you know, now it's become something new. Did you, um, did you learn new lessons? Um, because there, again, you mentioned it's a completely different entity. It's not a communications platform. It's actually a consumer, uh, you know, e-commerce platform. So, were there lessons that you could take from what you had already done in the communications space and apply it to this in some way, or was this just like a completely new uh, entity for you to experience and the pitfalls that came with it? It it was a completely new entity. I mean, as far as the only thing I could take away from my previous projects with that would be is just the technology or the, the knowledge gained from the technology. But this entity by itself was a, I mean, e-commerce is a completely different monster, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and, and anybody who runs a store will tell you the same thing. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it, it's, you gotta have still, regardless of being a satanic store, you still have to have customer service, fast shipping, um, good quality products. I mean, you're just like, you know, a Best Buy or, you know, the Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. You, you still need to have the mentality of a company. 
and yeah. that the only way you can function it. But on the flip side, I can also sense it's a satanic store and I, I can also make it a lifestyle, um, not just a, you know, a surgical steel, you know, store that has no feeling to it. Mm -hmm. I can still, I, I guess I could take some of the, the feeling of my previous projects, uh, the heart, the passion, and I can still plug it into this online store and make it more than just a place to buy things. Right. That was always my goal. The, the Emporium didn't really accomplish that um, because it was, I was still more focused on getting the products out and, and building the store itself that I didn't put in the feeling and the lifestyle part that I wanted in it. Mm -hmm. And that where this new version comes in and this becomes what my true goal for what the Emporium was supposed to be, mm -hmm. this became it. So we've alluded to it twice, but before we dive into what this new iteration is, um, there was an absence that you went through uh, with both the Emporium, uh, well, virtually all of your online interactions. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, explain you know, why you stepped away and uh, what prompted you to come back? Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, to be fair, my, it wasn't I, a total absence, but <laughs> not completely, but I did disappear for some period of time, oh, yeah. actually, I was gone. No one could find me. Uh, being who I was at the beginning, uh, my hand was in everything. Um, you know, you couldn't enter a conversation without someone mentioning me. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's not that I wanted it that way or anything, but it, it's how it ended up. Um, but then uh, I met a wonderful, beautiful woman, and we got married, and we had a child. And my number one goal is family. Um, it, I felt in order to be uh, a proper father and, you know, husband, partner, um, I needed to focus my time and attention on my family. Yeah. Uh, and the online stuff, I mean, honestly, there's so many people out there. I figured it'll handle itself. It'll take care of itself. Um, I was wrong, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... It'll handle itself. I'm going to focus on my family. Because, I mean, as when you have a baby, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort to raise that child. And as a Satanist, we aren't like the Christians where we just throw a phone in this child's hand and that raises my child and I can go and chit-chat with my friends and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. um, God, you see people at supermarkets with their kids. Oh. Um and that's where everyone's like, you know, I love my kids, but I hate other people's kids. Mm -hmm. um, and it's because you didn't do the kid right. And that was not what I was going to do. I was not going to raise this child incorrectly. Mm -hmm. So I focused all of my energy, all of my time. I mean, when he was two years old, 
I was literally spending hours running around my stairs just so he could chase me because he loved that. <laughs> I built him train stations and tracks, and we spent hours playing trains. That's and awesome. Now that he is almost eight years old, I mean, he is a polite, well-mannered, um, extremely curious and intelligent child. And, you know, I honestly believe it's because I gave him the focus and attention and, you know, the discipline of right and wrong, um, explain things to him. I took the time to raise him. Right. And, you know, I, I would not take it away. If I mean, if I had to do it over again, I would do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Knowing now that I left and I have basically had to start over, um, basically from scratch, mm -hmm. I would still do it again because if you're going to have a child, you take the responsibility to raise that child. Absolutely. You don't. So that I took the responsibility and raised my child. Now he's eight years old. He's gaining his independence. He does not want me around all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to do stuff on his computer that I can't see. <laughs> He does understand that, you know, being a technological person that I am, he's screwed in that area. But, right. <laughs> everything. But, um, yeah, he doesn't want me around. He wants to spend time playing his video games. He wants to spend time reading. He wants to spend time with his friends. So, he doesn't need me as much anymore. Yeah. And now I have more time. I can now go back to doing the things that I love doing, that brought me joy and gave me passion. And I mean, that's what everything did before that. It's mm -hmm. All of that that I did, I never saw it as a burden. I never saw it as a problem because it was my passion. So when you, um, because you just had your grand opening for your newest iteration of your e-commerce store, Satan Me, and that is available now. Everyone can go check it out, satanme.com. Um that had been in development for a little while. And in your absence, there were a number of other uh, alternatives that sprang up that people could visit. Some of them had something to do with the organization or at least membership. Others didn't. Um, and so when, when you had set it all aside to raise your son, as was the right thing to do, um, and you're planning on coming back and you come back and you see that there is yes competition and that this is not going to be an open ground if it ever was in the first place um of just you know pure monopoly on your side how do you how do you face that like what 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 is your plan your strategy to come in and really define yourself in this new space it um yeah having the competition first off isn't you know ever a problem right I, i've honestly believe that you know any i guess store that basically does the only thing is a monopoly and mm -hmm. you know it can cause problems um if you handle it right it doesn't necessarily cause problems i always look at myself as competition um i always i want to outdo myself mm -hmm. um i make a quality product i want to make a better quality product because i want to outdo that um i want to be proud of myself and the things that i do uh, when these other stores popped up, and again, organizational or not, and there were a ton of non-organizational stores that popped up. And those 
were my main issue because the CO Emporium, when it was around, was pretty much the only game in town. Hmm. Um, you know, from my love of technology and things like, and my ability to understand technology, I was able to take the technology at the time and spin it and make it work for me, whereas other people did not have that ability all the time. Um, and it took a lot of money back then to develop something like that if you didn't know how to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but then once technology is caught up, you know, Shopify, you know, all these online easy store places um, that you can, you know, resell, you know, these pre-made t-shirts that some other company does, but it looks like you're selling it. Mm -hmm. uh, they popped up everywhere. And they were ripping off the organization's, you know, trademark symbol. They were ripping off, you know, our phrases, our images of doctor, doctor symbol. It, it, it got annoying and it got saddening because it wasn't really there when the Emporium was. Mm -hmm. uh, so you had pride in that aspect that we were doing it right. Um, that we were doing it so well that other people weren't really able to do it or didn't want to. But then I disappeared. I shut the Emporium down for, you know, the reasons I stated. And I figured, you know, and I had no problem with it, that, again, someone's going to come in and fill the void. That is to be expected. And, yep. you know, would love it if, you know, someone could step up and do it and do it right and, you know, whatever. Even non-organizational people you know, if the store was right and they handled it in a respectful way, I could at least respect that aspect of it as long as I didn't rip stuff off. But, um, <laughs> but no one did. It, it The non-organizational people were just, it was sickening that they were just ripping stuff off and they were bashing the organization. And, and I mean, this is where you, you know, we started this. Mm -hmm. This where it came from and yet you gotta spin it your way and not give respect where respect is due um it made me sick so you know now that i have the ability to come back um i can do it better than them i can i can bring the passion back i can make it more than just a store and and that's all they're doing is is they're you know they're selling their knockoff baphomet pins and whatever and t-shirts and stuff and it's just a store you literally go to it it's just a list of products and blah 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 there's no passion to it there's no feeling mm -hmm. um and that's what satan me is going to become and that, that that's what it was started as that's why i spun it into satan instead of the emporium or it, it, it i wanted to make it more personal i wanted to make it less of a store, you know, less of just come here and buy a Baphomet this and a Baphomet that. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, at the current point in time, I mean, it's only been running for two months. Um, and we, we've accomplished a great deal, but it's going to take a little bit more time for me to unfold my grandiose scheme. <laughs> <laughs> See, you've got to be doing this while you say that. <laughs> yeah, my, my my grandiose idea um, bringing it to what I envision it in my, I mean, I've already got, I, I can tell you what it looks like in five years already. Yeah. Cause I know what it's going to be in five years. Yeah. Uh, I just need to get there. 
and it's going to take a little bit of time. Right now, the main goal of the site is to basically bring the products back that the Emporium used to have. Mm-hmm. The Emporium had a bazillion products. Um, and I still started out with, I've kept, I had all those products still available, um, a large quantity of them. I kept them, so we were able to start that way. But now coming into it, we have, I mean, as of right now, within the next two months, we have dozens of new products already in the works. And I mean, there some are already shipping in and some of them are going to be shipping shortly. Some of them are still being produced. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have so much stuff coming up. Hell yeah. And you're going to start to see this unfold. Mm-hmm. And then once it's populated and the products are there, that's when I can take it to the next phase. And that's where the, the personalization, the lifestyle, um, where it's also going to, we're going to pull in other members um, because that's what the Emporium was known for back then was it, you know, you could get, you know, Magister Lang's handcrafted Ammon statue. Um, you could get um, this art piece of artwork from this member. Um, LaRue Delachey's CDs, you know, I ended up producing them for him because his music is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I take the ability to these members who instead of having them sit there and focus all their time on trying to sell the thing and market the thing and do the thing. I just want to give them the time to be able to create. Yeah. I will take care of everything else for you. I want you to create that cool thing because I appreciate it and I respect it. And it gives me, gives me something. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to waste all your time doing all the other junk because then you can't create. Um, so I'll take care of that for you. And, and that's what Satan is going to also become. Because that's what the Emporium was, and Satan was the same thing. Nice. Um, and we'll get to that point. Um, and then we're also going to add in, you know, more lifestyle-based stuff. We're going to make it more of not just a store. Mm-hmm. It is going to be something you're going to be proud to be on, be bar, a part of. I mean, you, it is. It's Satan me. It's you. It's me. It's all of us. It's going to be all of us. It's not just going to be Amazon. Yeah. Um, the complexity of uh, the internet and site authority has changed in the last five years more than it's changed in the last 10 preceding it and more in the last two than in the last five. Um, are you... Are you concerned at all, or uh, do you feel like you have your hands wrapped around uh, the online marketing side of it? Uh, because, again, it, it is different than it used to be. Oh, it is, yeah. But, um, you know, technology is always going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, five years from now, it's going to be insane compared to the five years it was this time. Five years from that, I mean, we're not even going to have computers. Yeah. You know, it's going to be all VR in our heads, whatever, um, on our wrist. Um, yeah. I'll have to figure out how to make the website. <laughs> One <laughs> word at a time. <laughs> I'll get it there. Make it. Um, but again, starting from when I was 13 and building that first computer, and not having a manual, and each of the cards literally had what's called dip switches, mm-hmm. and you had to have them in the right configuration in order to make that card or that 
you know, motherboard work correctly. And when you don't have a manual or the internet yet, it took a lot of trial and error. Yeah. I mean, it took me three months to make that machine boot. And I worked on it every day for three months. But that's the passion that I've developed with technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, from there, I have dug into everything. Um, and I believe that that passion is what allows me to progress mm-hmm. and adapt with whatever changes technology brings. So, you know, whatever new technology or shopping experience or marketing experience or, you know, communications experience, I'll be there and I'll make it work because it's what I want. Mm -hmm. It's my passion. It's what I enjoy. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, again, we already mentioned satanme.com. You can go check it out right. Well, not right now after the show. (laughs) Go check it out. Um, And uh, again, come back because it is something that he is actively developing, um, you know, day by day. Uh, I do want to talk about IRQ. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Elijah in the chat room is mentioning IRQs. Um, I remember that. So uh, I I do want to talk about um, uh, Satanet proper. So uh, there was a version of Satanet that was pretty recent, uh, but you sort of gave it a facelift and overhaul what is new uh, about this new iteration um, that that wasn't already there? Well, yeah, okay, yeah. the The letters to the devil, Satan had evolved into the Undercroft, which was the social networking version of it. That evolved more from a privacy issue than anything. Um, Facebook had come into effect. Um, Facebook became very popular mm-hmm. and every Facebook, the problem with Facebook and that everyone, and I mean, anybody can search for the hundreds of millions of articles and they don't even lie to you about it. Yeah. Um, Facebook There's congressional hearings about it, <laughs> everything, everything you speak in your phone, every website you visit, there is a cookie that gets laid down and all of a sudden you get an advertisement for that damn thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it started to blow my mind that I'm having conversations with my wife and we're talking about this something or other, or this fangled thing. And then I go to check my Facebook and I have an ad for that thing. I'm like, but I didn't even search for it. It, you know, they've had so much controversy with tapping your microphone and, you know, they do it. Amazon does it. I mean, everybody does it. Mm-hmm. If you use your phone for anything you don't want anybody to see, then stop using your damn phone because (laughs) they're all watching. Uh, But I got tired of it because everybody started using Facebook and that's where all the Satanists migrated to and, you know, the groups and the everything. And I don't just because of the fact of being through the satanic panic and seeing how crazy I mean, I went to court and defended Satanism during the satanic panic. Um, it, it got very personal and I mean, people come after you. It's no joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, they show up at your house and they, you know, they're, you know, Christians that are ready to kill you because you are the devil. Um, I don't want my information that available. And with everyone else going to it, I didn't, I wanted to provide them with something that 
they could go to instead of having privacy concerns. Mm-hmm. They can come to the Undercroft. They, you know, ever since I started this, I have always stated that no information is ever read. No information will ever be kept about you. You know, anything you you want your account deleted. When I click delete, your existence is wiped because I don't care. I don't want the information. But these companies do, and these companies have no problem giving your information to somebody else. Mm-hmm. That person actually want to harm you and use your information for bad things. I mean, this day and age, security is a huge problem. So I wanted to provide a place where you don't have to worry about that mm-hmm. because I worried about it. And I don't, and that's why I use Facebook basically just for marketing purposes. And, you know, there'll be a little communication here and there, but I will never ever personally really communicate with anybody on Facebook. Because I don't want their message read. They don't need to read it. Yeah. I want to secure. And that that's, I mean, what letters the devil? That's what, you know, the, I, I had my own messaging system for Satanet for a while. I mean, that's what the Baphomet phone was for. It was so we could have communication without having to work. We could spend more time collaborating, spend more time having fun, spend more time just being us. Yeah. And not everyone who's listening on the other end. Or what people out. I can certainly appreciate that. Um, so the the URL is satannet.com. The site is the Undercroft, and it's open to anyone who wants to go. I do, is there like a checkpoint of approval or anything, or is it just pretty much log it's in? Not. And go? It's similar to Letters to the Devil. There's moderation, mm-hmm. um, but it's also similar to the aspect that the user can moderate their own account also because in order for you to see anything from Joe Blow who joins the site is he has to be a friend. I mean, it's similar to face how Facebook's thing enters. Right. You, know, you still have to be friends in order for your information to be seen. Um, so you don't have to worry about posting something and you know everyone on the site being able to read that. It's only the people you let into your profile. Right. Um, and then again, if someone causes a problem, they're removed and they're blocked, they're banned. It doesn't matter. You know, whereas Facebook, they just don't ever delete anybody because they want the numbers. Mm. I don't care about the numbers. It's all cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, th- I think this is, a an incredibly important option to be available. Uh, because if anyone has paid any attention to, uh, politics or data collection over the past even just three years, you know that it's been going on much longer than three years, but it is ramped up to a fever pitch. And if you have any sense of security, and I know not a lot of people nowadays do not, and a lot of people just don't care anymore. But if you do have any sense of uh, wanting to protect your own information and data, well, the Undercroft is a wonderful option for them. Um, I'm one of those people that we had opened the conversation with that is terrible in social media. And I find myself falling into pitfalls and becoming a person that I don't like. And so I just do my best to stay away. <laughs> it's hard, but I, I do it. Um, what, what's that? That's the best thing you can do. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to know that this option is available where it is going to be like minds. It is going to be in a secure space. Uh, and that it's, it's, uh, produced 
by you, someone who's been doing this for uh, years and years and, and understands the complexity and what is required to maintain it properly and to run it effectively and to see it grow and grow as we've mentioned technology changes. So I think that's fantastic. So there's SatanNet, there's Satan Me, and every other tertiary project that you may have under your hat that you haven't <laughs> shared. <laughs> I have a, you should see my domain list that I own. It's quite it's wild. Well, um, I think that's a good place to stop it. Is there, is there anywhere you want to share that uh, people can find you other than the, your two websites? Uh, I mean, in social media, do you want to connect outside or do you just want to kind of, you know, drive them into your, your sites? No, trust me. If you want to find me, you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I genuinely appreciate your time and uh, your, your candor and your willingness to share so much about yourself and uh, your experience in this uh, online world that you've really helped shape for a lot of Satanists. So thank you very much. I thank you. And, you know, I have enjoyed the interviews that you have given in the past, which was, you know, one of the main reasons that I agreed to my first interview in 22 years. <laughs> um, and I am so out of practice. It's quite sad. <laughs> I think you did great. <laughs> our interviews we talked about, the lining on the inside of the egg and how that related to Jesus. What the fuck? And, oh, the dude was so drunk. It was a call in interview show. Guy was so drunk from like Kentucky. And we just, it was insane. The the lining of the egg on the inside in Jesus. It was hilarious. Um, Weird. It was a good one. I'm going to have to look uh, that one up. <laughs> yeah. So it, but, I enjoy the way your interviews are going and they're how ad hoc they are and how comfortable it is. And, you know, it was definitely where I wanted to start with this. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. It was uh, well, I mean, I'm hoping we can have, have you come on again. I would love to get some of those other stories that we weren't able to get to today or maybe just talk yeah. about technology or something. You want to make this a weekly thing? Because I got enough to keep you going for months. I mean, we can go season three, episode four. Yeah. It'll just be serialized. It'll be all right. Well, I appreciate it. Um, thank you again. And to the audience, thank you guys so much. Dennis, I'm sorry I didn't get to your, all your comments. Uh, you did mention one that I want to bring up before I close the show down here. Um, Dennis says, uh, he's such a huge fan of these sites that we're speaking to. He had no idea that you were behind it all. And to think one man made such high quality and groundbreaking work is amazing to him. And that is a sentiment that I know is echoed by a lot of people. So thank you, Dennis, for saying so. And, um, I don't know. I just thought you should, uh, you know, see that if you hadn't uh, caught it yet. Uh, everyone who jumped in and became part of the conversation and answered questions that we weren't able to get to. Uh, thank you guys so much for your interaction. It really does mean a lot. Subscribe to the channel, sign up to the email list, and uh, you'll get to know when we chat again and what we're going to be chatting about. And that's really it. So until we can speak of the devil again, my friends, hail Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs>